Tonight on the show, we tackle killer fish, Texas, question mark, accents, and government experiments with 1978's Piranha. My guest is Kyle Brady. This is Manic Movie Monday. For the touch of your lips, dear But much more for the touch of your whips, dear You can raise welts like nobody else As we dance to the masochism tango All right, are you ready to talk about Operation Razor Teeth? I'm so ready. (laughs) Okay, so the synopsis of Piranha, or Piranha, as Barbara Steele calls it, um, a river being infested by lethal genetically altered piranha threatens the lives of local inhabitants and tourists. Ah, thank you, Joe Dante. All right. So what is your background with this movie? Like how old were you? Do you remember when you first saw it? How old you were? Any of that stuff? I had to be like in my teens, like 13, 14. I was in my like little stinker phase of learning about like Roger Corman. And I think like as like all those like new world pictures, uh like the B Star Crash Rabid, uh Rock and Roll High School, you know? Hell yeah. And it, the, that was just in one of those sets where it's like, hey, here's a bunch of Roger Corman crap. And I'm like, hey, Piranha, like, I like I, I enjoy animal attack movies and I enjoy Jaws ripoffs. <laughs> I, I enjoy, there's a lot of Jaws ripoffs I enjoy like more than most Jaws. So that's interesting. Okay, because that's so that's funny that you say that it is a Jaws ripoff because Universal Studios, when they got wind that this movie was going to come out, they were all about getting litigious. They were going to sue the pants off of Joe Dante and the company. And Spielberg actually saw an advanced screening of it, loved it, yep. and told Universal, back the fuck off. This is good stuff. So, yeah, because it was 78. It was the same year. It was the same summer as Jaws 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, totally, Spielberg totally saved it. And I'm like, I'm in awe of that. I think it's great because it is, it is, you know, a ripoff in the sense that it is about a killer it is killer fish mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but it has its own charm and i and i love jaws don't get me wrong jaws is definitely up there as far as like one of my favorite movies of all time but piranha is a movie that i can just put on anytime mm-hmm. yeah. and laugh and and not necessarily laugh at like it's cheesiness, I guess, but like, just laugh at, like, there are some genuinely funny mo- moments in this movie. <laughs> all, all the Paul Bar- Bartel stuff. Yes. So uh, good. Dick Miller, beloved Dick character Miller. actor, Dick Miller. Yes. Like it, it's really, in my opinion, it's Paul Bartel's movie until Dick Miller shows up. And I'm like, absolutely. No, yes. I don't Paul, Bartel, Paul, Paul Bartel is just scenery chewing and mm everything until until miller shows up and then when dick miller shows up it's like nope i am now scenery chewing so yeah (laughs) let's see okay do you have as far as like the cast is concerned because i have like backgrounds on heather menzies 
I knew her from Sound of Music. So, and gentlemen, those are not her boobs, by the way. That is a waitress at the hotel that they were staying at because Heather Menzies did not want to show her breasts. And the waitress was okay showing her breasts, but didn't want to show her face, which is why it's such a weird topless scene. But it's weird and it comes out of nowhere, but it's weird in the way it's filmed, it's not weird because it's a Roger Corman movie and there's nudity right. in the first few minutes. I'm like, oh, that's okay. It's a Roger Corman movie. Yes. The, it's <laughs> Superman <laughs> followed by a flash. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird cut. And then she's just like, I mean, she flat out asks me, she's like, are you gay? <laughs> it's such a weird. And the soldier's it's like, a weird movie. what? <laughs> I love it though. Um, but Bradford Dillman, like, such. What a weird leading man <laughs> to be in this. Yeah. He's your friendly neighborhood alcoholic. It, it's a very like, very 70s leading man where it's like, we're going to introduce this completely disgusting alcoholic that probably smells. And right away, we're going to turn him into the love interest. I'm yeah. like, you know what? Sure. Why not? And by the end of the movie, ladies and gentlemen, he will be catatonic. <laughs> yes, he will be catatonic and he will have his daughter bring him alcohol while he's catatonic. So It's so weird that this movie is described, if you look it up anywhere, it's like horror comedy. Yeah. like It's comedy, I feel, up until until the, and I'm jumping way ahead here, the the initial pool attack scene with the kids. Yeah. And I feel everything after that, as soon as Paul Bartell stops being smarmy, Mm -hmm. it's no longer comedy. And just like his daughter walking around like in all this chaos, like clutching onto the bottle out like the flask of alcohol like this is what i have to remember my dad by i'm like well thanks joe dante exactly well those of us who grew up with alcoholic parents and are are alcoholics in recovery ourselves know that that is absolutely accurate yes you are going to walk around with a flask and you are going to and you're going to hold on to it like it's a fucking teddy bear (laughs) (laughs) i know i love these movies just for the people that pop up it's not even it's not even the main characters like it's like i said barbara Steele showing up in this completely forgot she was in this movie until she showed up as she tries to squeeze an extra syllable into the word piranha <laughs> piranha piranha like, what do you what do you remember and she has the best line of the movie uh which is fish genetics is a very small field <laughs> Just absolutely best line which delivers explains why it. she fucked kevin mccarthy <laughs> and delivers it with such such seriousness such integrity i feel everyone goes through like a loving animal like bad animal movies and you know, in the like wake of Jaws, so many good ones. This one, Grizzly Alligator. Alligator is great. Frogs is a very sort of um, overlooked one, mm-hmm. um, and it's and it's funny because if you look at the poster, it's a frog with a severed hand sticking out of his mouth. So you think, oh yes, these are going to be like killer frogs. But the movie is actually about all the other animals that are in this like ever it's basically takes place in the everglades yeah. that are in the everglades that are that are wrecking havoc on this uh mansion um this estate that this uh uh guy has but like it's funny because it's you know there was this there was this rash of just animals attack you know mm-hmm. enviro what was it called enviro horror um I believe it, yeah which is this 
this movie has a weird, like, almost like pollution saves the day. Yes. Yes, it's it like, does. It's, weird, like, it's like, man, well, thank God they released all those chemicals into the water. That's great. Pollution saves the day. That's fantastic. Like, Anti-toxic Avenger. Oh my God. Yeah, it's like, but yeah, like this and Food of the Gods and mm-hmm. an alligator, of course, and, and all those ones that came out. And I never saw a Barracuda, but apparently <laughs> it's a movie. It's a, it exists. I'm sure. It. I'm sure you could definitely say it was filmed. No, exactly. It's a film. So yes, this movie is is basically about a skip tracer uh, who is sort of sets out to find this couple that have gone missing. And at the very mm-hmm. beginning of the movie, they have gone skinny dipping in an abandoned pool with the world's um, most disgusting water. With really like, disgusting how, water. Like, what's them in that? They thought that was a good idea and got eaten by an unseen fish or force or something underneath the water. So she decides she's going to, does she end up, she ends up on his doorstep for what reason? She she ends up there and she's like, I was told you could like show me around. Oh, right. You're my, you're my tour guide for the local alcoholic. I trust you to lead me around this mountain. For this Texas mountain, please. Yes. Where we run. So, and then Bradford Dillman is best friends with uh, Keenan Wynn, who mm-hmm. I, so I knew Keenan Wynn from, I mean, besides the fact that he's like this prolific actor, but I knew him from Dallas of okay. all things because he took over the role of Digger Barnes. And mm-hmm. it was kind of funny because Digger Barnes, the original, was like this like old Southern, like really Southern kind of dude. And then Keenan Wynn takes over and he's got like sort of a Bronx accent, you know? Excellent. <laughs> I was like, okay, no, sure. That's no one will know. We just won't say anything and no one will know. Yeah, that charts. Um, speaking of accents, can we talk about Dick Miller? And the fact, do. yes, and the fact that he's playing, he's playing this character, Buck, and you know, he's got this like basic put on southern accent partner, um, with the you know, 10 gallon hat and the belt buckle and all of that good stuff. But he is, you know, dyed in the wool New Yorker. There's no question about it. So good. <laughs> it's, it's like he's almost just like daring texans to come after him yeah he just does he just does zero fucks are given at this i think there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek in this movie i mean there really is a lot of joe dante winking at the camera um oh it's you know it's one of the hallmarks i mean there's you know the main actress is introduced playing the jaws arcade game yes um reading the moby dick book the one security guy at the mm-hmm. dam Yep. Um, all the different, you know, all the stuff Joe Dante loves, referencing older black and white movies playing on the TVs. Totally. It's, it's such a hallmark of his to have this like weird, like dark comedy and almost just like straight out like comedy comedy that I think kind of like lulls you into a sense of like, oh, this is going to be funny. And then like, you know, and it's just like his other stuff. You know, I think of like the howling. I think of even like, you know, the burbs, gremlins all have those moments of just like outright like comedy. And then he's like, oh, here's an actual horror movie element now. Oh, yeah. And I've caught you off guard. Joe Joe Dante is, I think, honestly, I will say he's the king of comedy horror. Yeah, he's I great. Will. I will absolutely. I will. You, know, you heard it here first on Triple M, folks. <laughs> but he is he is the king of horror comedy. Um, I love all of his stuff. And I, lo- I mean, I love The Burbs. The Burbs is one of those movies that it really does go back and forth between super hilarious and 
really dark. (laughs) Yeah. But I love what, you know, Joe Dante, he's such a champion of these types of movies too. You know, he's like, no, these are like legit movies I'm making. He's like, I'm not trying to be like a huckster here. You know, it's like, no. Even now he does like the whole trailers from hell thing, you know, and I love that. And I love like, you know, he really champions this stuff. Just, you know, and I I think that's a lot of those people from that Roger Corman school. Yeah, absolutely. It's a different. They respect these kind of like drive-in movies. They do. They have a mad respect for this sort of the the B genre, basically, Mm -hmm. but it's done in a very smart way. Piranha has its share of cheesiness, but it's also a really good commentary on you know experiments gone wrong and fucking with mother nature yeah, and it has a message it has a thing it wants to say it does it does have a message and you know i mean it talks about how these fish were genetically designed thank you kevin mccarthy you know more yeah for to to be a, a weapon to be used yeah. in the vietnam war and uh, and then the, the war ends and we're stuck with all these fish. <laughs> I, just, I just love it's just, they're like, you know, the, but like the war is over. He's like, yeah, but I'm not just going to waste these fish. I know. It's like, <laughs> what are you, okay? Like, just, right, okay. just going to throw fish like genetically modified piranhas away. I don't think so. Can't do anything about that. You know, he's like, he's like, there's so many other things we could use them for. I'm like, like what? Name, I mean, name another yeah. application for these fish. Not sushi. Apparently, I taught. I I heard on uh, another podcast someone who's actually tried piranha, as in they've eaten piranha, and they said it's not good. I can imagine it wouldn't be. It's like just all like bony, right? Just tastes like a just tastes like yeah. a sad white fish. Mm. I'm like, oh, you know. I mean, not that I thought it was gonna be super exotic anytime i go to the restaurants around here for those of you who are listening we we're in florida so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of like places that like to sell gator Mm -hmm. and i don't know what i'm eating (laughs) i really don't know what i'm eating but but it's it says it's gator gator is one of those things where it's like they sell it and you're like all right i'll take your word for it yeah gator this is from somewhere on that animal slightly (laughs) chewier chicken yeah basically is what it tastes like um it's a bear staple yes it's like it so we have we have this really awesome duo i wouldn't say couple (laughs) i would say i would say duo i mean there's a scene where he is just basically like falling asleep drunk and she's trying to get handsy under the blanket that's such a weird like i watch i I re-watched it for this and i hadn't seen it in years and i'm like Man, it's it's crazy they made her the very like forward one. Oh, she's you know? forward. It's like it's like that's kind of like progressive for the time. She's mm-hmm. the one that's like like are we sleeping together or what? Yeah, she's After like hey, twenty minutes. Like good for her. She's like you're you're you clearly have a problem with alcohol and a child that you may or may not take care of. But um, let's bone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Barbara Steele. I knew that she was on Dark Shadows and uh, Night Gallery, mm-hmm. and she had been in the several different movies. I didn't know if she was a Hammer Girl or is she just more a like a classic like a Mario horror Baba girl, like classic. Yes, horror. yes, because yeah. she did She's Black Sunday. Girl. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah, because I was, I was like, oh, 
wondering about she, that. She's definitely one of those actresses that in my mind, I have her pigeonholed into a certain era. And it like yes. that era is like like black and white Italian horror stuff. Yes. And then like I'll see her pop up in like a color 80s film. And I'm like, Barbara, what the hell is Barbara Steele doing here? Like, what's Barbara Steele doing in this movie? Yeah. yeah. I'm the same way with Caroline Monroe. Like whenever she yeah. shows up and when she shows up in Slaughter High, I'm like, what? What yeah, year is Who? this? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's certain people that I'm like. Oh yeah, you were alive in that era, weren't you? It's like, ah, oh, okay. Spe- speaking of which, yes, Kevin McCarthy, who plays the mad scientist who mm-hmm. has given us these crazy fish, he's a fantastic character actor. Of course, anyone would know him from Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Inner Space. He has oh, my other Joe Dante movie. Yeah. I think he's one of my favorite scenes. He's one of my favorite characters in Inner Space. Yeah, it's also a Joe Dante movie. Thank you very yep. much. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, when he's trying to teach the dog, <laughs> never beg, never beg. <laughs> I love him. But no, like that whole lab scene is so good. And like you said, it's like, you know, with these two characters, it starts off with kind of like an investigation, like mystery buddy film almost. You know, these yes. two. It's these two, two people, two people yeah. on a Texas crusade. They're just, they're just, it, they're, it just you know. feels like such a classic setup, but um, I love that lab. It feels so Joe Dante mm-hmm. of it's like, we're going to walk into a 1950s mad scientist movie, if you don't mind, on our way. Yes. Complete with Phil Tippett stop motion creature for I really love no that. reason. I, I, I just, the stop motion creature is the great, that's so great because he, like, the stop motion creature regards the camera. Mm-hmm. Like, he kind of looks at, and then, oh, and then he, like, peeks behind the, he peeks behind the wall. Yeah, he just, like, after the uh, whole like uh, knock, when they knock out Kevin McCarthy and he's just gonna like hanging out there still. He's like, hey, eyeball, eyeball, what's up? What's up? I, yeah. I 100% feel it's like, listen, if we have Phil Tippett on this movie, we're yeah. gonna need a stop motion creature and we don't care why. It's like, you know what? You know what we should do? We should just throw him in there. And during the commentary, Joe Dante even said, he's like, I was gonna do more with that character, with that creature. He's like, but then we just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> They had to have like not had the budget for more than that because what no. this has to be like a, on a very low budget movie, of course, it's Corman, you know, but super, super low budget. But you know, it, it looks it, good for what it is, though. It's like, not bad for what it, no, exactly for the budget that it was and the time period in which it was made. It actually is quite well, it looks good. There's not a whole lot of strings. So to speak, I think it's smart to, you know, all the prawn attack stuff is uh, for the most part, it's just a jittery camera underwater. Yeah. And it's very fast images of the fish. I think near the end, you get more like wide shots of like the school of piranha, but it's just, you know, it's all camera work and it's after the aftermath of prawn attacks. And all yep. these genetically engineered prawn have the power of turning people into spooky plastic Halloween skeletons. And I love it. But I especially love Keenan Wynn. His entire death is they just turn his feet into little skeleton feet. The skeleton feet. We'd never know it. until the dog let us know. The dog doesn't die though, right? No, the dog doesn't die. I right. The dog just alerts know. that something is wrong with Keenan Wynn and we have yeah. to go look at him. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, and then right after we get Kevin McCarthy's very unnecessary death. Yeah, yeah, because he really, I, I don't even know if he was just trying, he was on a suicide mission. He was basically like, look, I've created, I've created these fish. They're going to take over the world and kill everybody, probably children. I'm responsible for this child losing their father. It's, so it's I'm so just going to 
Yeah. I'm like, like Kevin MacArthur, like you're good. You have you're only thirty seconds away, and you have a raft. He's like, I'm yeah. good. He was jumped in the water. I mean, the kid probably would have made it onto the raft. Just yeah. saying. But Kevin McCarthy's like, nope, I'm going in. And uh, it does read as a suicide mission. Yeah. 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 But, it um, does. Like, he knows. Man, speaking of those kids, it really feels like Joe Dante and then John Sales, the writer, mm-hmm. watched Jaws and they saw that one kid die in Jaws. It was Alex Kinter. And they're like, we could do better than that. We could, <laughs> we, we could kill a whole bunch of kids. We can just throw a bunch of kids into a piranha stew. And <laughs> it, as I'm watching that scene now, I'm like, damn, like that's really where the movie turns for me. And it oh, turns yeah. like this is like an outright horror movie now. Oh yeah. Because it's sort of there's sort of some like it, it's it, it's almost like it's a summer camp movie at, at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, because you've got the two counselors, you've got Laura and Betsy. You've got Laura Betsy. and Betsy. Yes. And they're kind of having their their moment where they're sitting by the water, and then Paul Bartel comes in and just you know ruins it, ruins, um, the, <laughs> ruins yeah. the moment, ruins the moment. But uh, so Laura is famous because that's Melody Melody Thomas Scott, who would later go on to be on Young and the Restless as Nikki. So and many soap veterans. <laughs> that's a big deal because people yeah. who watch YNR, Nikki was like, I think she's probably still on the show. I. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. And Betsy, who has probably, honestly, I think Betsy's death is probably the most upsetting. It is. I would say it's that's very affecting where she kind of just like gets, and it's, I think it's the best looking death in the film, yes. too. Absolutely. She gets dragged underwater and you get she that just shot. gets dragged so and just it, she just disappears uh, into the just like in into this like darkness. And it was such a great shot. It's a great shot. They it's did a great really shot. Well. And it's, you know, it's it's an affecting death. It's, you know, you get, even though you only get a little bit of time with her, it's, she's fleshed out. She feels like a character, like a real person in that world. Yeah. You know, she, has drama and she has a good relationship and like they're taking care of the kids and yeah. That's the thing about like, it, about that whole summer camp experience, you know, is it's the kids really bond with those counselors, you know, um, mm-hmm. I never went, I didn't get to go to like, sleep away camp so to speak (laughs) um i only went to like day camp but you know but yeah it was like it's like a big deal when little kids like bond with their counselors and stuff so yeah to 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 kill her off was like oh shit okay we're we're yeah they definitely put the the little girl in this movie like who's also like a very good actor for like a kid actor Mm -hmm. Normally, normally especially in these movies they're terrible Oh yeah, they got it. She was very vulnerable. Said Paul Bartel is an absolute asshole to her. I love it. Oh my god, just this that he's the best. He has the he has one of my favorite lines, which is when when Paul calls the camp to let him know like there's something wrong, and he goes, "Is this is this Krogan?" He's like, "Sober up, Krogan, and fly right." I was like, "Yeah, it's so awesome." Second best uh, again, my second best lines from him too. It's uh, handicrafts don't take any nerves. (laughs) he's so fabulous oh my goodness i imagine an alternate reality where somewhere in this movie they found a role for mary waranov i know i'm like i wonder who like if she had been in this movie it might might have pushed it just over the edge of like she's sorely missed yeah but every i see him i just look for her you know always always they are. I wonder they, if they could have just given her the bar- the Barbara Steele role, but I was totally 
thinking that too. I was absolutely thinking that because I, I feel like Mary Warnov just is so good and could totally mm-hmm. do that. Cause like, she's, she's probably my favorite part of night of the comet. Oh, she's great. She's so great. You know, um, that rock and roll high school. Yeah. So good. She was in a, a more, re- a more recent, it's like a decade ago, but house of the devil. Oh, she's Small in house girl. of the devil. That's right. That's she so is. Good. She is. She's so cool. I went to high school with her niece. Oh, excellent yep. connection. Yep. I saw her, we were passing our papers to get graded. And I, I think I was, a, well, I was a freshman and mm. I look over at her paper and I was like, Warnoff. I was like, that reminds me of a B movie actress that I know of. And she was like, you mean Mary Warnoff? And I said, yeah, she, she's my aunt. Awesome. And my excellent. brain was just like, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like that's so cool and she's like yeah my favorite movie of hers is sugar cookies and i was like my god you know what a small world we live in good answer good answer yeah exactly yeah we've got this like sort of anti-hero in a lot of ways we've got a lot of mayor vaughn's like we've got a lot of characters in this movie that are just like you know okay like the general or not general is he a general or he's a major he, i think he's a general that has like an investment in this yes trashy like does yeah he has an investment in this like weird aqua park (laughs) that dick miller has purchased like old stuff from yeah it's like oh those are the boats from disney and that's this dick miller has piecemealed has piecemealed this entire like exhibit basically and so everything he's gotten pig. is from something else yeah the swimming pig and the yep. boats from disney and all oh my god it, the military angle in this movie definitely as, as watching it and i was kind of like zoning out with the military i'm like how did we get here how did the military become involved and i get it you know it makes sense with like the vietnam stuff and they're like well of course like they'd still have eyes on the sky and if the fish got out but it, it's such a weird like escalation Mm-hmm. from like where you started to where it ends up and it yeah. ends in absolute chaos it's so okay there's one question i have about this is that mm-hmm. when they go to find the um control deck or what have you and they find that mm-hmm. it's underwater okay yeah. what <laughs> like what wh- how did uh, a how did it get underwater and b what control is that is that an old like an army control that, area that was the smelting plant that the, um that uh bradford dillman's character works at worked at okay in the beginning he's talking about the smelting plant and he got laid off and they shut the plant down and it flooded? and he says he's like they shut the plant down because they said we were killing too many fish with all the pollution because they were dumping oh. water and that's the end of the movie. He remembers. He's like, oh, there's that smelting plant I worked at that was killing fish. Let's go release all that. Let's go kill some fish. <laughs> let's go, yeah, let's go kill some fish. But um, that's that's also, I love that scene. And it's it's really well done. I think there's some good tension there for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, him getting pulled by the cord through oh, the glass. Through the glass. First of all, I thought he was a goner at that point. Oh, yeah. I- and it's it's, you know, we don't, I haven't seen Piranha 2 in so long. There's no follow-up with him, is there, right? Like oh, God, 2? no. No, Piranha 2, if we if we may touch on the Italian genius that is Piranha 2. So mm-hmm. Piranha 2, 
takes place at an at a resort uh, yeah. that is both equal parts Italy and um, I think the Bahamas, uh, yeah. but <laughs> hard to tell which. But uh, it was filmed in both places, mm-hmm. and Piranha Two is also regarding Operation Razor Teeth, mm-hmm. except that they have now spliced a. They basically call it a grunion and a flying fish. Because yeah, they fly in that one. And yeah. a piranha. So there's yeah. like this weird kind of genetic splicing type situation that's been going on. And um now these 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 fish have decided that they're gonna they they have a, a home and in their home their 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 lair is actually in a broken down old ship. Okay. And I don't know if the ship is, I don't think the ship is, is uh, related to the first one at all. I, I don't think that's, it's just, you know, another like animals, animals revenge kind of movie or whatever, but Piranha yeah. 2 for what it is. And I was able to watch it on YouTube. You know, you can see James Cameron's fingerprints on it. Like you can mm-hmm. see that he had a vision <laughs> of some kind and tried really hard to make it work you know what i said this like i i happen to have been hanging out with my boyfriend and he was really stoned um and when he found out that there was a movie about flying killer fish and that james cameron had directed it he was just like why aren't we watching that right now so we need um, to be doing that we need to do this now so we found it and watched it and, and I really enjoyed it. A lot of the piranha stuff is shot at night. Mm-hmm. So you can't really see, you know, yeah. the shitty effects necessarily mm-hmm. it's uh, or shot underwater. So, you know, um, and then they still use the same Joe Dante says it is a dentist drill in water is the noise that you hear when you hear the piranha. Mm, go crazy. Okay. Although it's funny because there's a great podcaster named Gelsey Laurie who come up with the who came up with this great theory, which is that the piranha sound like pigeons. <laughs> it can be that, that like that like warbling, yeah, yeah, that warbling yeah. sound. And I go, I will go, I will go on record as saying I actually support her theory. Um, so yeah, where's you the, have the where's same, the pigeon horror movie? You yeah, know? you have the same you have the same weird piranha, you know, the 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 crazy noises and stuff so not much has changed in that department and it's got a fair amount of blood in it more nudity than the first one um i mean it's very it's very italian (laughs) um, Um, no is what is getting that was with you know because there's no connection between the first and second one then mm -hmm. um is just like they they leave the first one in like a grim place you know your your main lead catatonic government covers up what happened yep like dick miller probably gets away with it you know probably yeah he's it has that like great 70s just like nihilistic yeah you know it's great see that's the thing is that we don't we don't see a lot of that anymore that was a that was a thing from the 70s where horror films ended on like a down Mm -hmm. like a down note you know like there's no hope here Every every podcast episode I'll do, I'll try to pick an episode where a movie just ends in like the most down way possible. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean we're doing we're 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 doing the um episode for Rabbit on Thursday. And I mean that's got the most like yeah. upsetting ending. It's just like, oh yeah. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. 
you guys want to watch just one of the guys like i need a palate <laughs> cleanser after that horror film so yeah getting back to the original piranha the special effects were done by rob botin mm-hmm. who did the rob thing botin, fam, yep. and uh and you can tell there's it's they're they're really good i mean the after effects of of the of the piranha really he had to be like a teenager then doing that right oh yes he was he was only in his 20s when he did the thing he was very 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 young that's upsetting but good for him in fact there's actually a corpse that comes out of the water when they're when basically when texas disney world basically gets sidelined by all of the piranha there's a body that pops out and it looks just like rob botine and he designed it that way excellent i know yeah. i would be the same thing. <laughs> if i was a special effect artist i'd make sure i was a dead body in every it's movie so ever. perfect it's so perfect he's such a genius i mean you can't those guys are amazing i love practical effects i'm a big practical effects person so and what a good era for that too because i feel like late 70s to like mid 80s was like the wild west for like special practical effects of like who could who could outdo each other absolutely of like just like on a shoestring budget Yep. Who could be like the goopiest, nastiest, just mm-hmm. like most memorable kill. And uh, and Piranha, not not super graphic. No. You know, no. compared to everything else from that time. But oh, I think God. it worked, you know? Uh-uh. <laughs> or compared to any Italian horror film that came out around uh, that time. Yeah. No. I mean, the movie itself, to be honest with you, with the exception of the nudity at the very beginning of the movie when they're swimming, um, which I mean, granted, you know, if you've got 4K, you can see it. But for the most part, I remember I remember having this on VHS back in the day and you couldn't see anything. It was such a dark movie. <laughs> oh, for sure. I had that DVD that, you know, like eight movies per disc and it looked like it was shot on potato, you know, yeah. like I, I get it. He's like, call it the prom night treatment. It's like whenever I saw, when I first saw prom night, it was on creature feature with Dr. Paul Bear and um, I couldn't see anything. I mean, I I knew there were things happening and there was maybe a boob that kind of like floated into the shot or whatever, but you couldn't see anything. So yeah, I, it's the same thing with this is like when I had this on VHS was like, nope, it's dark. (laughs) It's very dark. I think sometimes that adds to the vibe of the movie. I've definitely in this era of like Blu-ray and 4K remasters, right? Watch stuff, and I'm like, you know what? I miss I miss my crappy DVD. Right. Like I wish this had a little bit more grain. A little bit more grain. A little bit more murkiness. A little bit more murkiness. Crystal clear. It's like oh, I can see yeah. the seam of the makeup. My ex-husband used to say HD. And he worked in porn, by the way. But he used to say HD. Great for sports bad for milf porn <laughs> i know i believe it unless you're into that okay so getting back yes yeah, so getting back to piranha i think that it shines on his own as being something that is fun it's something that i could show anyone really i i really feel like there's a fair amount of cheesiness to be able to make people laugh. It's kind of like that movie that you would put on with like a group of friends. Yeah. Like I think my mom's probably seen Piranha several times with me and and has been like laughing, you know, in 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 good spirit in good spirited laughing at it, you know. I agree. I think for this type of movie, it's a good like gateway into this genre of film. Yes. It's not too gory, it's not too graphic. There's nothing I could think in this movie that would offend anyone. There's like, you know, a little bit of nudity, but it's like, 
it's like innocent 70s nudity you know uh-huh. what I mean? oh yeah it's, it's nothing it's salacious boobs and butts um, maybe you yeah, know yeah besides there being like a dark ending like there yeah this is like i would i would be comfortable like yeah this is almost in my mind but i'm also a little bit weird i'm like yeah this this could be a family movie you have kids so i, I mean if they're a little bit older i'd be like yeah they could watch this we're like yeah we can watch yeah i know i mean that's probably why i'm not a parent because i'd probably be like oh this is fine you know <laughs> i i mean when i was when i was my kid's age i was watching way worse stuff oh god yes absolutely i mean I think I probably watched Night of the Demons when I was 12 and uh-huh. probably before that it was, I, I know I saw Friday the 13th part two when I was about six or seven. And, I, uh, I grew yeah. up on like William, like as a little, little kid grew up on William Castle films. Yeah. And then by the time I was in like, you know, seventh, eighth grade, it like went up to like the Roger Corman 70s stuff and mm-hmm. like the slasher films. I was coming home every day from school on the weekend watching Evil Dead 2 over and over. So oh god, yeah, I know. I I swear that was my whole weekend was just like, let me watch Evil Dead again. I I watched my my VHS copy of Evil Dead got such a workout back in the day. And of course, that's another movie that you really was very dark. Like you couldn't see yeah, but it added to the grunginess, but, but like it added to it, you know, yes. Like, movies, movies like Piranha, I think there's like Watching it again over over the summer, years later, Piranha is definitely like a big nostalgia trip. It brings me back to that time of like being a kid, watching these like animal attack movies, watching these cheesy 70s movies that like you'd catch on cable because they just played them over and over again, you know, like definitely brought me back to that. Now, are you originally from Florida? Yeah, native. Okay. And you're, but you're, what are you, 10 years younger than me? I'm 33. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, you're 10 years younger than me. Okay. All right. We'll just say that. (laughs) (laughs) 11. Okay. So um, do you remember, see, I think you might be too young for this, but do you remember a show on channel 44 called Creature Feature that had a guy named Dr. Paul Bear? I know Dr. Paul Bear. Okay. So you, you do know what I'm talking about. I was, I know him, but I was an up all night person. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so see, that was, that was yeah. See, Creature Feature and Dr. Paul Bear were basically the gateway drug that led you to USA Up All Night. It kind of yeah. went like, I grew up with Dr. Paul Bear. So I was like five, four or five years old. And mm-hmm. then I discovered USA Saturday Nightmares. Mm-hmm. And then that went, and then that led to USA Up All Night, and which then was, led to everything else. Yeah, it was Up All Night, and it was Joe Bob Briggs. Joe Bob night. Briggs, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. What a wonderful person to his fans, you know, mm-hmm. just a really good-natured guy, like a like yeah. a genuinely cool dude. And another another person in the community, I think, like Joe Dante, that like respects these movies. Absolutely. And realize there's, you know, there's a history to these movies. There's people that put their lives into this, these movies. Like this isn't just like, I think horror movies get like a, a bad rap still sometimes is like, you know, oh, like a schlocky horror movie. No, yeah. people give their lives for these and they're really dedicated, making sure they do, you know, I'm there's people in every genre film that are making schlocky movies for a buck, but like Joe Dante is not one of those guys. No, no, you know? he's definitely... I'd say a cut above the rest when it comes to that, you know, Joe Bob Briggs. This is what's really funny. Did you know that under his other name, John Bloom, he was actually a writer in Texas. He's a true crime writer, right? True crime writer. I know. I was watching. They had a documentary about 
Candy. I can't think of her last name, but the the serial killer that you know. I know you're talking about. You know what I'm talking John about. Bloom. John right. Bloom's his name. Yeah. They had him on the on the documentary, and I went, "That's fucking Joe Barbrett." Like I stopped myself, and then I went, "Oh right," because he had a career that was not <laughs> driving with Joe Bob. Yeah, I got yeah. you. Just that was kind of the stuff that I grew up with, especially yeah, USA Up All Night was big, and that's kind of led me to want to revisit a lot of these films on this podcast because that's a time period of my life that was just wonderful i mean i remember yeah. that was friday and saturday nights man it was like oh shit it's time it's time it's 11 30 that was my yeah. summer just watching this movie just watching movie after movie of this stuff and like i mean i think we had a conversation about this whole like the idea of your podcast is like there's a thousand podcasts that are about shitting on these old movies and how bad these movies were, and how, like, haha, they're so funny because they're bad. No, it's like, it's okay to, like, genuinely, non-ironically enjoy these movies. Oh, I love it. I love it. Non-ironically enjoy these movies. I fucking, I'm stealing that, and I'm going to put that in our About You section. Do it. I approve. <laughs> Quote me, but I approve. Right? It's like, <laughs> Kyle Brady. <laughs> it's like, I genuinely enjoy these movies. I do. I really love them. And, and there were, I don't know, it, it reminds me of being around my dad, you know, was a lot, was a big thing is my dad was a huge influencer with when it came to this kind of stuff, like all of the old horror films, watching House of Wax. I think we actually, I, I, this is such a weird story, but why not? I was going through a severe depression, like a bad depression. And I was like very close to, you know, just basically ending it. And I called my dad and I said, um, I said, I need you to come over. And he was like, okay. So he shows up red sports car, of course. And, uh, he's like, well, what are we doing? You know? Cause I think I was sitting, I literally think I was just sitting there with like a knife and he was just like, okay. He's like, let's, uh, let's watch something. So what happened to be on was the piranha remake, oh uh, God. piranha three D or three double D or whatever it was. Yeah. God forbid, whatever it was called. And I'm sitting here and it's really fucked up because I've got, I mean, my pajamas, I've been crying all morning. Obviously there's a knife around me. It's not a very good, you know, it's not a good, it's not a good scene. And my dad is making comments about Piranha. Like he's just, cause it's a very like in your face, you know, dirty horror film i mean there's a lot there's fucking full frontal nudity in that movie mm-hmm. and i remember my dad just going wow she is just all kinds of naked <laughs> and i uh but i laughed i remember i laughed and you know and he hugged me and i just knew everything was going to be okay and i think that when you have issues with depression and, or you have mental health issues, it's like you, you take those little moments of happiness and those joy and that, and that's what horror films and B movies and stuff like this does for me is it reminds me of like just the happiness. 100% agree with you. What a good story. Yeah. What a good memory. So I can't believe I know I'm like I'm like wow let's see like yeah that's right you did watch Piranha the remake with your dad and here are the circumstances <laughs> so. did you hear that um you know what I did hear something oh wait I did hear that 
Oh, it is. It's shout out time. Thanks, Murphy, for your howling. All right. Our shout outs to this week are going to be for the podcast. Look good for the boys named after probably my favorite line from night of the demons. Linnea Quigley. I just want to look good for the boys. Um, hosted by two incredibly amazing, wonderful people who have been so supportive with me getting this podcast up and running and their podcast in general episodes are hilarious and educational and fun. And then the second podcast is called deep cuts of horror hosted by Dylan. And Dylan is one of those amazing souls who has reached out to me and given me tips and talked to me about hashtagging. Cause I didn't know about hashtags. <laughs> Apparently that's a thing um, where to, you know, how to advertise, how to get more people to listen and um, just so wonderful. So those two podcasts look good for the boys and deep cuts of horror. I love you both. And thank you for being so supportive of this podcast to wrap up. Let's see. Okay. So if we were going to pair piranha with something else, you would pair a wine with a cheese or something like that, I guess. Wow. Really, really leaning into the alcoholism of this episode. (laughs) Oh my God. That's fine. You know, I think it helps sometimes. I think cheese helps his movies too. Oh my God. You know, I'd almost have to go with another like aquatic horror movie, Ooh. which are like, I love my aquatic horror movies. Me too. You know, I'd kind of have to go for Deep Rising. Oh, okay. Okay. Fun fact. I've never seen it. What? Okay. I know. Is it available? Is it on any of the, is it, is it on it ha- Tubi? It has to be. It has, it has to, be. to be on Tubi. <laughs> it has to be on Tubi. But watch Deep Rising so we can talk about it. Cause I have so many interesting facts about that oh movie. Oh my God. But okay. Another just fun adventure, funny moments actual horror moments great practical and early digital effects Ooh, check it out okay for a good aquatic double feature nice okay because i know that recently you went on sort of an aquatic deep dive (laughs) haha pun intended so you because you did leviathan and Mm -hmm. deep star six and i threw deep star six in the trash yeah yeah. (laughs) i I didn't even resell it because I couldn't subject anyone else to that movie. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. That's now. Okay. So to help me, cause Leviathan is Peter Weller. And is that the one with Ernie Hudson? I think so. They See? all kind of blend together. It's so, so hard. It, in like a span of like two years, like yes. Leviathan, Deep Rise in the Abyss, Deep Star Six, yep. all came out together. They all blend together, except Deep Rising stands out because it's just so much fun. Yeah. And it's no, so goofy. I will say, like, I will be like, oh, yeah, I'm like Leviathan. And then my boyfriend will say, oh, I love Leviathan. I said, no, honey, you like the abyss. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. No, I like the abyss. And I was like, right. Those are not <laughs> just because Thanks. they came Emily out. The abyss. Can you bring it full circle? You know? They're both blue. I got you. Okay. But... <laughs> Not the same thing. Um, okay, so you would pair it. So you would pair it with Deep Rising. Okay, I'd pair Deep Rising. Let's see. If I were to pair Piranha with something else, I think I. You know what? I think I would go with Food of the Gods. Yeah, that's another yeah. good one. The original Envir horror 
cautionary tale yeah cautionary tale messing with mother nature don't do it you know there was um a lot of those but yeah but food of the gods it's i mean talk about practical effects but just talk about a movie that yeah i mean if you can get past the giant bunnies and the rooster or the yeah the the rooster that's basically like a paper mache rooster that's mm. <laughs> that's attacking a cabin well if you can get past that and understand that it's the message behind it you know which is that we need to be kinder to our earth and kinder to our animals or else, you know, they're going to, they're going to rise up motherfucker, you know, message still prevalent today. Day of the day of the animals. Yeah, totally. Uh, So yeah, I would pair it with those two. Those are, those are two. I can't believe I don't own. I, they're so funny because when we're doing this show, there's a lot of movies that'll come up and I'll be like, why don't I own that? Luckily we live in a good era now where like every B movie in existence and its terrible sequel has been released on a format now. Absolutely. Or it's streaming somewhere. Or it's streaming somewhere. Absolutely. I'm a huge fan of physical media. I am. I, good. I know. I love it. I love it. It's so fantastic. You you cannot see this audience, but Kyle has an insane collection behind him of all kinds of DVDs. And I think I see, are there any VHSs in there anywhere? They're in another section because they take up other place. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. They're in the they're in a different section. Yeah, they're in the shadow zone. They're back somewhere else. That's fantastic, though. Yeah, I mean, there should be like kind of a kind of a Revenge of the Animals box set. Oh, there has to. There's enough. There has to be with like piranha, barracuda, orca, frogs. You can get really niche with it and just like. 1970s environmental horror cautionary tale with aquatic yes. monsters. Absolutely. Like, environmental we, we horror. It, but we got quite a few of them. <laughs> yes, totally. The other the other environmental horror one that I absolutely want to do because I love it and I'm probably the only one, but that's okay, is um Rats Night of Terror. Oh my God. My wife and I bonded over that movie when we first started dating. Oh, that's so romantic. We had a she, she came to my video store and bought it from me. It was a double feature of that one and Hell of the Living Dead. Oh my God. That and is still the have cutest. <laughs> that would be cool. I should just have you and Jess on to talk about it. Oh my God, we'll do it. That'd be so fun. That's so fucking cool, man. I could do it for like Valentine's Day or something. I could be like, we're going we're to real love story here. You, you'd have the only podcast whose Valentine's Day episode was Rats Night of Terror. Rats Night of Terror. <laughs> Oh my god! Well, you know, because everyone else in their grandmother's gonna be doing my buddy Valentine. Yeah, and it's like it would just be me and another person talking about how much we absolutely worship my bloody Valentine. You know, so which is fine, but you know, which is fine, and there's plenty of them. No, I do. I absolutely love my bloody Valentine, and I—that's one of my favorite. I have a huge thing for early '80s Canadian horror. Mm -hmm. You know, just brilliant stuff like that pretty much i was gonna say pretty much anything paul zaza just had his (laughs) (laughs) like if he had his hand in it i was all about it so mdb and you'll get it yeah mdb i got it all right man well thank you so much for doing this i appreciate it thank you for having me back this was so much fun yeah all right all right yeah definitely you and jess will do a whole uh we'll do a whole romantic uh rats 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 romance it'll be great love it (laughs) 